Blog Talk Radio. Race fans, we got something special just for you. Listen in as Chris, Yellow Caution Flag Creighton, and Mr. DJ Sports are in the studio. The 110 Nation Race Chat Live exclusive, bringing you interviews from drivers, promoters, and crews of all types of racing. These are interviews you do not want to miss, so make sure you guys check it out. All right, all right. Hey, they catch me off guard every time, Chris, when it cuts off. Welcome, everybody, to the One Dead Nation Race Chat Live exclusive. You got Chris, Yellow, Caution Flag, Creighton in the studio with myself, Mr. CJ Sports. Chris, how you doing tonight? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm coming off of being a famous race car announcer. You know, I got my entourage here. You know, I mean, we're just uh, chilling in the Lear, you know. Fired up some stogies, man, you know. We're we're fit to fly out and come see you. <laughs> oh, Lordy, Lordy. Um Hey what, I, I see you uh, in there in the points. Uh I I'm gonna let you a little secret. I think it's gonna come down to me and you for our uh, little race pool uh thing we got going on here with the uh race chat live one ten nation race pool. What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I think, I hope that I gained another extra point on you because I really think I'm going to need it. It's going to come down, what, we've got two races left? Three races left? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, nine, nine points right now separate me and you in the pool. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, how about we let them know what you guys got going on tomorrow night? I'm going to let them know what we got going on Wednesday night before we get our guest on here tonight. No doubt, no doubt. Look, surprise, surprise, Kyle Larson seals the deal. You know, he's going to race for a championship. It's gotten me turned off. Uh, you know, I just, uh, I, I'm sure I'll start the whole show off with a big rant why I don't like Kyle Larson. But, uh, you know, just listen to it tomorrow <laughs> night because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that do like Kyle Larson. So uh, maybe I can, uh, maybe I can garner up a few listeners as I, as I go on my weekly rant. But, uh, yeah, sure enough, Tuesday night. Race Chat Live. We only got a few shows left, so make sure you join us. We'll make it fun, and uh, y'all just uh, join us and uh, yeah, on Tuesday night at eight o'clock. Also uh, Thursday night, uh, Mr. CJ Sports. I think uh, there's something going on. And Wednesday night, the one thing about all these shows is they start at eight p.m. Eastern time. How about that? Most de- most definitely. I like how that all played out. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, Mario and myself will be in the Carolina Sports Plus studio. We're going to be recapping some uh, college football, um, talk about this last week in the NFL, a crazy week. My Cleveland Browns managed to upset the 49ers. I will tell you right now, both the kids, both the boys in my house thought I was the craziest person in the world when I, when I jumped up and screamed and ran through the house when the 49ers missed a 41-yard uh, uh, field goal, um, sealing the deal for the Cleveland Browns. I was very excited about that. 
Uh, but we got a lot of things to cover Wednesday night um, on the 110 Nation Sports Show, so looking forward to that as well. Uh, make sure you guys go over to 110NationSportsRadioNetwork.com. Um, got our shows, got our videos, got our blogs, marketing partners, show schedules, and also all the links to all the different platforms that our shows are on. You guys can catch us on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, um, Amazon, Google Podcasts, Podchasers, GOC. Savian, YouTube, Blog Talk Radio, Spreaker, um, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you catch your blog or your uh, podcast, you guys can catch the 110 Nation uh, Sports Radio Network there. So uh, make sure you guys check that out. Like us on Facebook, like Race Chat Live on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. I'm uh, just uh, very excited about this week and uh, everything going on here at the 110 Nation Race Chat Live um, and, and every, everybody involved. We got our guest in the studio. I'm going to go ahead and get him plugged in. He is a returning guest to the network. Um, It's been a hot minute, a a little bit different than the uh, trend we had been in um, or been on over the last handful of guests. Uh, We're going from those that are still in high school to those that have a degree. Uh, So a little change in pace. uh, So looking forward to catching up with Patrick. Uh, Patrick, how are you doing tonight? Hey guys, how's it going? Thanks, thanks very much for having me on. No problem. Glad to have you back. It has been a, it's been a hot minute. Um, <laughs> before we jump into everything, yeah, uh, before we jump into everything, um, want you gave you a chance to kind of plug. Um, a little bit different because you got a lot of things going on. Uh, but uh, anything race-wise or professional-wise you want to plug, but more so if you just want to stick to the racing um, website, sponsors, anybody that's out there that's helping. I know you guys just ran um, last last month. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, but anything you want to throw out there for the fans and listeners to be able to keep up, follow, or for those you want to thank before we jump into this? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, as always, you can follow me on all, all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at 97 Patrick Star, and uh, like the SpongeBob character, but I, I had my name first. And uh, yeah, I'm still racing my uh, super late model uh, down in Florida. I drive for, for Jim McCoy, so always have to thank him for keeping me employed in the race car and, and going around the track. And we've had some, some great support this year from um, – Umatilla Veterans Village. They build homes for, for veterans in the North Florida area. They've been a, a great partner to us. Uh, Shadow Graphics, Sunoco Race Fuel, and uh, Gator Plum. And they're longtime sponsors of, of Jimmy and his team, and they've been keeping us uh, racing this year. And like you said, I've had some big personal job development, too, out, outside of racing. So I just moved from uh, Florida out here to Houston, Texas, and I uh, joined a, a group called uh, Retina Consultants of Texas. So I, you know, finished all my schooling, like you mentioned, and uh, I'm a retina surgeon now. So that's what I do uh, on the weekdays, and, yeah. and I've been racing uh, on the weekends, and that's uh, going to be the balance here going forward. So gotta thank all those people for for letting me do two things that I love. Kind of want to bring up or talk a couple things, and it's kind of going to go back and forth with this, but uh, first, um, what's this, What's it like to change for you from going Florida to Texas? Um, that's, that's, a, that's a big move. I know I recently, well, four years ago, we recently moved from North Carolina to Ohio, and it's been a big adjustment. What's it been like for you to move, going from Florida to Texas, and uh, how has that been settling in in Texas? 
Yeah, man, it's it's a big move. It's uh it's very different here than South Florida. I mean, I, I grew up down in you know Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Was born and raised, and mm-hmm. the only time I spent away was uh you know college. I was in Boston for four years, and then I did live in North Carolina for a year when I was racing the, the K and N cars and the Arca stuff, and um you know so not that much time away from Florida. So coming out here to Texas has been mm-hmm. a big adjustment, but. Uh, you know, I joined a, a great group. There's a lot of people who trained at the same hospital in Miami who uh, who work out here. And uh, trying to, you know, put some feelers out and get involved in the, the racing scene here. There's a there's a short track uh, out here just outside of Houston, so I'm going to go check out the races this weekend. But it's cool. It's a, it's a new adventure, and I still get to, you know, go back and forth to Florida and do what I love. So. Is the track availability the same? Like, I, I know there's a lot of tracks in Florida. I've been in Florida. My brother used to live in Florida. I've been by Newsom, Myrna. I've been to Daytona. There's been, I've been to Miami Homestead. I know there's a lot of tracks. We've had a lot of drivers, and I, I got a lot of people I'm still in contact with. I know there's a lot of tracks in Florida. I don't know what the local scene is like in Texas. Is, 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 is it abundant supply for tracks for you to be able to get in, in and on, or is it a, a different scene when it comes to the local racing? for you yeah a little bit different scene i think it's more dirt out here than than asphalt they used to have more asphalt tracks and then the only one that's open now is is uh houston motorsports park which is only like 20 minutes um you know away from from downtown so i think just shy of three eighths miles the asphalt track with concrete corners so it looks like a pretty cool place and uh they were kind of shut down a little bit during covid but i think they've they opened up ran like six races this year and plan to have a bigger schedule next year so um, you know, looking to get involved in that. And then obviously the closest tracks for, for late model racing, you got, you know, Mobile and Pensacola and Montgomery, um, which is further away down towards the Panhandle, but hoping to do, you know, racing all through this area. Now, obviously oh. a great accomplishment with the whole doctor thing, which has been, what was tougher, uh, tougher for you, becoming the doctor or the whole racing career? Because those both, that takes a lot of a lot of skill. What you're doing on both of those? <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Um, they're both they're both tough, man. You know, I'd say the biggest difference between the two is, you know, racing. As you know from talking to lots of people and having lots of guests on here, it takes uh, a lot of talent, takes a lot of luck. Uh, knowing the right people and, and having the right, you know, finances and sponsors behind you to, to make the deal happen. And, uh, you know, for some people it works out perfect and others, you know, try their, their butt off and you can be successful racing that level that you're at and you never quite make it all the way. So I think that's what makes racing hard. And then medicine, on the other hand, obviously is a ton of work, lots of years of school. You take out a bunch of money in, in loans and you go into debt and you do the whole journey. But if you work really, really hard, you know, it's all – up to you, you you can kind of get to, uh, you know, the end point that you want, which, which I just, you know, finished my residency, my fellowship and and here I am. So, uh, they're both challenging in their own way. Uh, but one of them, you you definitely get to the end point. The other one is kind of a a toss up in the air. So. Uh, Patrick, this is Chris. So look, I've already listened to you for about five minutes. I noticed one thing about it. Discipline. That's a, obviously it's been something you trained yourself pretty well at doing. Uh, most of the time in racing, it's very hard to find a disciplined person, you know, because we're so on the rail and you know you got to you got to have a lot of money to go fast. So you put a lot of time and effort, money into your into your operation. Where did you get that discipline to be able to separate and kind of uh, ma- uh, maximize each opportunity? but yet still succeed in it? Because so many times we throw it all in the toolbox and it becomes scattered. How, how were you able to do that? 
Uh, yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, I think it probably goes back to, you know, my parents and, and how they raised me and the deal that we made when I first started racing. You know, I, I grew up, my dad and my grandpa both raced. My, my dad owned a repair shop. So I was always around cars and working on them and I wanted to race. And my parents were like, that's cool, but you're only going to get behind the wheel if you do well in school. So, I mean, from first grade that you could start getting grades, I, I got straight A's and, and carried it all through school like that. Cause I wanted to race so bad. Uh, so I think that's where, you know, some of that determination and focus comes in. Like you're saying, I always had to achieve in school so I can get the opportunity to race. And then, you know, racing, when, when you do go out and do it, it is expensive. It does, you know, take a lot of effort and time. You got to make those opportunities count too. So I think from an early age, I kind of, you could split my focus between, between both of them. And I've used that same skill and time management and all that stuff to, to keep doing it, you know, now over about 20 years, I guess, since I first started racing go-karts to, to now I'm 33. So, uh, yeah, that's what you do. So about 10 years ago, you were, you were considered an up and coming star. Um, how, how did things kind of, uh, how did you wind up in med school? Uh, so it's, it's funny you say this. I was already in med school, um, at that, that time. Uh, so you're right. It was about 10 years ago. I entered the, the peak stock car dream challenge. Uh, I was home for the summer after my first year of med school and saw a commercial on TV with uh, Danica Patrick saying, if you want to drive uh, for Michael Waltrip racing or, you know, get an opportunity in NASCAR, you should enter this contest. So I put my video on YouTube. It had like 900 entries. They picked uh, nine of us to go do a, that competition in Charlotte. And fortunately, you know, they, they picked me as the winner and it was uh, the opportunity of a, a lifetime at the time. And I got to, uh, you know, drive for Bill McAnally racing in the K&N series and, was a development driver for, for MWR, and uh, all of that was great. So I took a year off just on that. I got to run uh, five races with Peak that year. We won the, the K&N race out at Irwindale, and uh, it was great, man. I had, I had the time of my life doing that. And uh, like you said, you need all the pieces to keep falling together to, uh, to make it happen. And you know, beyond that year, there really wasn't sponsorship available, and I had to make a decision about continuing in med school or, or dropping out, essentially, uh, after that year. So... Uh, I, I went with the, the safe route. I got the schooling done. And, uh, you know, once you finish med school, you have to do residency, fellowship. There's a bunch more steps to it before you can actually, yeah, you know, go back and right. so, Yeah, yeah. So I finally got to that point now. And, um, you know, that's, that's uh, how it happened. That's, that's, you know, so many times, Patrick, we see that commitment into racing. And then when they uh, don't quite make it as far as they wanted to go, they're kind of lost in career, lost in life. A lot of them wind up in shops building motors for, you know, some of these bigger powerhouses. You com- you were completely focused enough to advert and, and fall back. You literally fell back onto going to med school. And that, that to me is, uh, man, I admire that. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. You you always got to have a solid backup plan. And, you know, I, th- I think it's my parents that always made me think about my future no matter what. So, Either way, it could have worked out. Uh, would have been great. And the way it's working right now, I'm I, I'm I'm a doctor, and I still get to go racing and win races. Like you said, we we won one here last month. So uh, I don't really feel like I gave right. up on the dream on either end. So I'm I'm really lucky to get to do both. Yeah, let's get to that. Let's get to that. So you've taken obviously you had to devote a lot of time and attention to that, but now you've kind of got a little bit of free time on your hands. Uh, you know, um, uh, so tell me. Uh, What's the strategy on getting back in the race car full time? And you got uh, some uh, some help coming about. I mean, you know, you're 33 years old. You still got plenty of time to have a whole lot of fun 
uh, in late model stock car racing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the plan a hundred percent. So, um, the team I've been driving for in Florida, you know, Jim McCoy racing, they obviously still want to keep racing together. We have good success anytime, uh, we, we get together and get to the racetrack. So we are running a couple more races this year. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend is the Billy Bigley Memorial, which is becoming one of the bigger super late model races in the country. It's going to be at, uh, Freedom Factory, which is the old DeSoto Speedway, which they haven't had a late model race there in, I think, over 10 years. And they're paying 35000 to win. So it's drawing some of the you know best late model racers in the country. Uh, so really excited to get back home and, and run that one. And I'm really lucky, you know, the setup I got here with this job and one of their, their cool selling points is we're going to try to find a way to combine my passion for racing with medicine. And we're working on some really cool stuff next year that's going to, you know, help me do my uh, daily duties at work, but then also uh, go out and represent on the weekends and go racing. So hopefully we'll have something to announce here pretty soon, but it's, uh, it's a really unique opportunity they gave me to, to, you know, come out here and keep doing, you know, both of these things. So going to be racing a lot. Austin, I mean, uh, uh, Patrick, so let me ask you real quick before I send you back to uh, Mr. CJ Sports, Jason. Um, we had a guy on uh, Austin Terriot, I think is, was his name. Were you in that same class, like, with him? Uh, he's a state representative now in Maine. I think that's how we yeah, kicked yeah. this show off. The exclusive was with Austin. So, you're, you you know him? Y'all raced together? Yeah, yeah I, know, I know Austin. We were yeah, all around the same time, and I think he's close buddies with my friend uh, Joey Coulter, and they had, like, a driver development oh, yeah, program yeah. going on at one point. So, yeah, yeah. I, I heard Austin got into politics. That's awesome for him. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. So, uh, you know, we have, we've had a politician on, now we've got a doctor on, and, and it's all connected to race cars. That's cool. Uh, that's all. <laughs> yep, that's great. exactly. Uh, car drivers <laughs> going out and doing good things. That's it. Mr. C.J. Sports. Before last weekend, uh, or not last week, last month, when you uh, end up winning your race, um, how many races, how often have you been in the car for this? Uh, yeah, how often have you been in the car this season? <clears throat> uh so actually, that was only the second race, uh, you know, of the year. So I was, you know, finishing training, things were busy, but we actually decided to, um, you know, take the, replace the front clip on uh, Jimmy's car since last October was the last time we had run. So we cut the clip off of it. We brought it to um, Dean Clattenburg at Clattenburg Racing Fabrication, and he put a new clip on, and we took our time getting the car back together and went and tested it. Uh, we ran New Smyrna about a month before our last race, and that was the first time out with the car. Mm-hmm. We had some bugs to work out, but we had a strong fifth-place uh, run there, and I hadn't been to New Smyrna in probably like five, six years now. So we knew the car ran good there, and then we took it to, to Auburndale, which is where we raced last month, and the uh, thing was great, you know, right off the truck. Uh, we qualified second. I think we missed the pole by like a thousandth of a second, and uh, the race started, and the thing was just on rails. We were second for about half the race, and then, uh, Jonathan Guy ended up breaking. We got by him and then uh, just, you know, pulled away and, and, and won at the end. So it was it's great Anytime you know, you take the time to, to chop, cut, and rebuild the car, and you go back out and you have success right off the bat. You know that you made a, made a good move. So, yeah. How how tough is it to not be in the car but a couple times and it's been a big gap to jump in there, not only to jump in there, but you won, but how difficult is it for a driver just to jump into a car that ain't been with the conditioning and, you know, everything that involves to be an athlete in, in this type of sport? How, how, how hard is it or how, I'm not going to say easy. I mean, you made it, you made it look easy. You won the race, but how hard is it to just, you know what, I'm going to get back in the car and, you know, not miss a beat. 
Yeah, man, it, it's hard, you know. It's it's uh, it's something I've always had to deal with because school's always taken a lot of time. But you know, you're racing against you know mm. some people who do this professionally for a living. They're running forty, fifty oh, yes. races a year, and you know my busiest seasons will run you know eight or ten races or so. So you have to you know jump in, be ready to go, and and like you said, Florida is, is no joke. It gets hot down there. It'll get no. one hundred and twenty, yes. one hundred and thirty degrees in the car. So. Um, you got to be ready for the conditioning and you know, mentally be ready and uh, really just know what the car needs right in that first practice because if you're not good off the truck, it's, it's really hard to get it dialed in by the time you race. So I think just having raced for as long as I have, I've, I'm pretty good at picking it back up again. But obviously, if you were racing more often, you know, that would be better. Most definitely with that heat. Like North Carolina was enough. See, it was one of the great things about moving back to Ohio was – you can always put enough on in the, in the cold. You can't take enough off in that summer heat, especially you start getting North Carolina on down. Um, I used to visit my brother, and we hardly, other than going to Daytona, the track, we hardly went outside because it was always so miserably hot, uh, especially when I visited <laughs> in the summer times. We, I, would, I went to a couple of 500s, and I went to quite a few of the 400 races. Um, and then I remember going to Miami Homestead, and it was still a championship race, and you're talking November, and it's still 80 degrees at night um, in the middle of the night, and I would just blew my mind um you talk about texas and you talk about a lot of dirt tracks i don't recall have you ran a lot of dirt tracks or any dirt tracks at all and if not um how much of an adjustment or if so how much uh difference or adjustment is it for you to go from asphalt to uh dirt for you yeah i've uh i've never raced any dirt stuff uh, the only thing i've done is drive a packer car around uh the dirt track at, at charlotte like one time that's <laughs> That's the extent of my, my dirt experience, but I mean, I'll drive, I've always said, I'll drive anything with a steering wheel and four wheels on it, so if I ever had an opportunity to go dirt racing, I would 100% uh, give it a go, but it's it's a whole different, um, you know, skill set, and a lot of these guys uh, growing up racing those types of cars are, you know, so, so far ahead. Um, I think you look at even people as good as Chase Elliott that have tried recently to go dirt race and it's, it's a big learning curve for people who are even that good on asphalt. So, um, yeah, di- different deal, but there's, there's a lot of dirt tracks here. So if I, if I start, uh, getting out onto a dirt track, I'm sure you'll hear about it. It'll either be really good or really bad. <laughs> you say, you say that anything with a steering wheel, but I know you drivers better than that. That's, I know we've had one of the drivers that has something to do with a bathtub and a race. Um, so I know you guys can find a way to race anything. And I tell people all the time growing up, and I'm getting ready to kick you back to Chris because Chris got some questions. I was, I was that kind of competitive person. Of course, so we, I was never into be able to race. But we used to take, and this is totally sidetracked, and I'm going to get you to Chris. We used to take pieces of grass. Well, one, we used to take matchbox cars and race them down the driveway at a slight angle. But we also, if anybody washed their car, all the water would run to the middle of the road and then run down to the drain. And we would to go to the highest point, and we'd all get a piece of grass, and we would let the grass race to the sewer drain. That's how competitive we were and into really anything when you get to race. But, uh, Chris, go ahead. Yeah, man, I don't know if I can top that. Uh, that, that, that you, you know you got it bad, right? So uh, let's get back into this real quick because, uh, of course, I've had time to sit here and think, you know, you got surgical hands, right? So w- at what point in time did you realize as a young man maybe it was uh, trying to get the – um, uh, the clutch on the go-kart or something like that. At what point, where, how did you get such defined hands? How did, because obviously there's a relation between uh, a mechanic and, an, and a surgical uh, a, a surgeon, right? Uh, you're, you're using tools. Uh, tell us about yeah. how that kind of 
worked out with each other there? And, and, and at what age were you when you realized you were really good at working with tools? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, you know, I, I grew up working on, my, on cars. Uh, you know, my, my dad was a mechanic, so I'd hang out at the shop with them, and whether it was you know, regular passenger cars or my dad was working on, on his race car, you know, he was running street stocks and then late models. Um, you know, there towards the end of, of his time driving. And um, I just love working on anything, you know, with my hands and, and making a car go faster is like the, you know, the end goal. And you come up with something new or different, different way of fixing a problem, different adjustment to make on the car uh, at a certain time. I mean, I, I love doing that. And I obviously have help now with the, the late model that I drive, but I do like, uh, you know, setting the cars up and coming up with different packages to try different places. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a mental game as much as it's, uh, you know, fix it with your hands kind of thing, you know, hanging bodies, all, all that stuff is, uh, a, you know, a side passion of mine besides, besides the driving. So I think when I was in med school and I started looking at, you know, the types of specialties and, uh, you know, whether you're just going to be in clinic or you wanted to do surgery, I knew I wanted to do something with my hands because you kind of just get into that mode. And I'm sure you guys know when you start working and everything else just tunes out, you focus on one task and, uh, you make something really cool happen. And, and as a surgeon now, I get to do that same thing. And, uh, you know, people have really bad stuff happen to their eyes, you know, retinal detachments, so or they have diabetes and bleeding in their eye and stuff like that. I, I can fix that and uh, make them see better and, and have a better quality of life uh, after that. And uh, that's something cool. So I could, I could do that with my hands. And I can also, you know, put, put a clip on a race car if I need to, too. So it, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a similar mindset. And I, I like being able to do that. That's great. So, uh, is there any plans, uh, you know, of running maybe a touring series, or you planning on coming down to the Snowball Derby at Five Flags? What's what's your what's your later of the year plans, or for next year? Yeah. Uh, so, I think we're probably going to try to pick and choose uh, races that that'll work with the the schedule. So, I have my work schedule, and then you know, Jimmy McCoy, he he still works full time too. So, whenever we can line them up, we try to just cherry pick the. A good one, but it's funny you say. I mean, the Derby has always been a bucket list item for me. I've never even been to to watch the race, so I want to eventually check it out someday. And and obviously, running the Blizzard race is a good way to get prepared. And uh, I'd love, you know, in the next couple of years to to really make a, a go at that with uh, you know the right equipment and the right support and and uh, you know all of that would be would be kind of a dream come true just to come run that race. And then if you can run well in it, that'd be even, even better. So. Uh, that's the goal, but right now we're kind of just freestyling the, the schedule and um, just looking forward to racing a little bit more going forward uh, than I have the last couple of years and have a lot of fun doing it. Last question before I send you uh, back to Jason when we close this interview out. Is there any uh, – we live in the time of PED. Is there anything that an athlete can do or a race car driver can do, an enhancement in their eyes that would make them a better driver because some of them just can't seem to be able to see? You notice there's a lot of cup drivers. I watch the races on TV. They're all starting to wear more more glasses now than I ever seen before. So that, that makes you wonder how long they're driving around blind before they realize it. So uh, it's probably the only thing from an eyesight perspective. I think that would help. <laughs> oh, oh Lord, I had, um, to, I, I had to ask that one. <laughs> good, good. Um, obviously, uh, 
a lot of races towards the East Coast with the race team. Is there any tracks out west or any desire to race any anything out west? And is that feasible with the team that you do all your racing with? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to to run out west. When I did the the K and N stuff, it was uh, a lot of West Coast races, and the racing scene out there is is awesome. Um, you know, winning at Irwindale, I'd grown up watching races on TV there, and always wanted to race there. So that was that was kind of a dream come true. Uh, but they, they get plenty of cool tracks. You know, the Vegas Bullring, uh, Kern County. I've always wanted to run Evergreen. Looks like an awesome place. Uh, so they're all on the list. Uh, being based in, in South Florida, the team that I drive for, it would be kind of hard to, to get out there. But um, obviously, yeah. if any opportunities ever came up, uh, some someday I'm going to make it out there and, and hit those tracks. Uh, Patrick, I want to... Uh... To thank you. We try to make sure we get everybody out of here on time. Um, I want to thank you for joining us. I want to congratulate you not only on the win last month, but also your accomplishments. Um, I couldn't imagine not only being a race car driver, but being a, a doctor and all the long hours and all the years. And I was sitting there thinking after I asked the, you know, asked the question about the doctor and the race thing, and you started talking. I was like, one makes money, then one costs you money, but then you started talking about all the student loans and all the, I was like, ah, I think it sounds like both of them kind of run you into uh, <laughs> a, a lot of money, cost you a lot of money. Um, but I do wish you the uh, most success, and I definitely want to congratulate you on that, uh, on the doctorate. Um, definitely would love to get you back on, maybe tour at, at the end of the season when everything's wrapped up, or in the off season once the plans are official for next year and you know exactly what you're doing. Um, but I definitely want to thank you once again before we get you out of here. Um, any um, website, social media sponsors, anything you want to throw out there again? Um, that way the listeners can keep up with you and the the sponsors can stay happy with you. Yeah, no, th- thank you very much. Uh, pleasure being on the show. Good, good chat with you guys again. Love to be back on anytime. Uh, everyone that wants to follow along, check out patrickstarpoli.com at 97 Patrick Star and all the social media. Big thank you again to, to Jim McCoy, his team, uh, Umatilla Veterans Village, Noco Race Fuel. Sounds like I just won a race or something. Uh, Shadow Graphics and, and Gator Plumbing. <laughs> they keep that car going. And before you, before so, you thank go. Thank you guys very much. Before you go, I wanted to ask this earlier, and I got sidetracked. The 97 involved with all that, is there uh, meaning or is there meaning behind the 97 or just random 97? Uh, so that was the number my dad and my grandpa both ran. And I asked my grandfather, uh, you know, he passed several years ago, but before he did, I asked him why he chose that number. And he told me he showed up at a quarter midget race, his first race. He didn't know he had to have a number on the mm-hmm. car. He was at the entry gate. And they told him, you, you need to come up with a number. So he said he looked at the list, and all the low numbers were taken, so he just randomly picked a high one. And that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> all right. So I, I've, I've thank you, Patrick. By 97. All right, thank you, guys. Thank you. I want to thank you once again, and uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you again here soon. All right, thanks. Have a good night. You too. Oh, another great interview, great other conversation, Chris. And the points are updated, and I'm going to let you in a little secret. I gained a point on you. We're only eight points apart now. Just want to throw that out there real quick. How did you gain a point on me? Who did you pick? I don't know. I picked uh, Kyle Bush. I finished like fifth. So I don't know. He finished like How third. How did you gain a point I don't Kyle know. Bush I don't do the points. <laughs> I don't oh do the points. Gosh. I just saw the update. You <laughs> gained a point on me. Lord, I'm only eight points ahead of you now. My goodness gracious. Hey, 
Eight points well, ahead of me, nine points ahead of Brianna, and 18 points ahead of Anthony are your our top four right now going into these last couple of races. So <laughs> just want to throw well, that out there. The race just hustler. got a point closer. You better pick a Don't forget, tomorrow night, you guys can catch Race Chat Live. I will be catching Race Chat Live as well, listening to the guys, um, Chris, Taz, Miss Lee, as they recap last weekend and get you guys ready for next week. Um, uh, Mario and myself will be on Wednesday night. We'll be getting you guys capped up on everything on the big topics in the rest of the sports world um, and getting our in our week seven picks out for the NFL and recap uh, Deion Sanders' epic fail, um, a 29-point uh, lead, 29-to-nothing uh, point lead, um, vanishes, and they lose in double overtime. we got many things to talk about. And, of course, Thursday night, uh, safety to success, Jared Hudson, um, always a great guest. I forget who the second guy I was. I want to say something, Johns. Oh my God, they were hilarious. I don't know if you caught that, Chris, but uh, I got to listen to uh, all three of his guests on last Thursday. Always a good time. Always uh, very informative. Love listening to uh, um, Safety to Success. Make sure you guys check that out as well. Anything else you want to throw out there before we wrap this out there, Chris? No, just, uh, uh, you know, not, not on anything other than Jared has done an amazing job, and we had that opening on Thursday night, and without a doubt, I knew that uh, he was the guy for that slot, and it's just amazing to oh, hear yes. uh, how well he's doing and how, how everybody's responding to him. Like, you know, uh, oh, yes. it's just uh, – it, it makes us feel real good that we've got the right guy for the in the right spot, so – uh, kudos to Jared, and we hope uh, he, he gains a lot of success and keeps on putting out some of these awesome shows. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you, Chris, for being with me tonight. Uh, looking forward to seeing who we got next week, and you guys all have a great night. Bye-bye.